This is Metal Mike, and in this episode of the 80s Glam Metal Cast, I talk with the killer guitarist, Rowan Robertson. We talk about all the projects he's working on today, and we revisit his time playing with Ronnie James Dio. Check it out. Well, Rowan, welcome to the 80s Glam Metal Cast. How you doing tonight, man? Doing good, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's How a pleasure. are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, man. It's Friday. It's weekend. I, I oh, like cool. it. <laughs> so, we're in 2021, and uh, I'm assuming you got some projects coming up this year. What do you got going on? Well, um, the first thing I'll have out is with uh, a... Uh, <clears throat> I've got three songs coming out mid-March with Les Warner, and we have a, we have a project... Um, and uh, we have a great singer from a group actually in India. And um, so we've been doing that on the internet. Les has a studio at his house. So we've been recording tracks there and sending them over to this singer. And uh, those will be coming out under the project name Custard Pie in mid-March because they're sort of a, you know, kind of a like a heavy 70s kind of uh, definitely, definitely heavy rock, but but got a bit of a 70s thing to it. And then uh, got another couple projects I'm working on here. I've got a, a, a group. We're doing more of like, uh, almost pro- like a bit prog, like instrumental progressive rock, a, a project here in Vegas as well, which we're going to start um, getting into studio with a couple of those bits. So definitely have some stuff out soon. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's definitely some good stuff to look forward to. Thanks. As you know, I mean, the, the podcast is the 80s glam metal cast, and I think we have to go back in time, at least for a little bit here, and, and maybe go back to 1990. You're 17, 18 years old. You join, You basically make history by joining Dio's band for uh, Lock Up the Wolves album. Uh, how do you look back on that uh, that time period? Oh, I, I just look back very fondly on it. It was a really easy, fun time. I got loads of great memories, um, and of course... As you say, I mean, uh, you know, it was, it was a, a little bit of history, and I feel so fortunate, you know, to have played with him, you know. Now, with this um, this album, I mean, you've got a lot of songwriting credits on it. What was it like uh, stepping up to the plate and writing with Ronnie? Well, it was funny, because when we did the audition, we played Holy Diver, Last in Line, and everything, and then we actually got together into this first day of recording, uh, first day of writing, and I said to him, uh, oh, I don't know if I can write. <laughs> I, said, I don't know if I can do this. And he said, don't worry. Trust me, you're going to be fine. <laughs> like this. And uh, so he he used the group um, as a, I think he kind of used it as a tool tool to write with. You know, he would see what guitar player riffs, riffs guitar player had. And, um, you know, you might play him like, 10, 20 different things, and he might go, oh, what's that, you know? And then we'd start jamming it up, and, um, you know, uh, just day-to-day, really, then we'd try and find a, what, another section to go with that first section, um, you know, which uh, the riff might come... Uh, Ronnie came up with a couple of riffs on the album, and, of course, Jimmy Bain, and then Ronnie might come in with a title, and but he really pieced the songs together um, slowly and... You know, who's a really great craftsman and a great writer, obviously. Uh, it was fun. It was great fun. I remember the writing process quite well. Seems like it's a, a bluesier album than maybe the ones that are before it. Was that something that he was kind of shooting for, going for like a bluesier style? Or no, was... no, no, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think, I remember he said to me once, he said, um, and Claude Schnell also said this to me, um, if you have a guitar riff and you want to 
know if it's something that could work for Dio. If you could imagine someone in the front row of the concert, you know, like with the fist in the air, like, yeah, you know what I mean? If you can, if you can picture that. So he, he said that to me, and, and so I don't think he was looking for a bluesier album, but I think even though I was a, a shredder and a, and a metal player, I think, you know, my first influence was Hendrix and everything, so I was really bluesy. And looking back, you know, it was a different sound. And, and I think also there were certain things that Ronnie wanted to hear from me. And, you know, I, I don't think I could really deliver on, on certain things that he was looking to hear. With time, I think I've become, you know, a better player and more understanding what he wanted in a guitar player back then. Um, but I think he dealt with what he had in me and made an album with what he had with me and um it was definitely more bluesy yeah yeah and i like it i mean songs like um between two hearts and twisted and even lock up the wolves it's more of that bluesy riff type stuff you know what i mean uh and then you've got your songs yeah. that sound like your you know there's a few on there that sound like traditional do type stuff but i do i, I like it. it adds a different dimension you know to oh. his music Cool. I see. Yeah, cool. Yeah, like, for instance, I know what you mean. Uh, night music is quite traditional Dio sounding. And that uh, uh, that one came from a keyboard line that I, I think either he or Claude Chanel had, as I remember. Now, when you were out on the road, I mean, you're a young guy. I mean, was, was this like crazy debauchery going on for you? Or did Ronnie keep you in check? What was going on uh, on the tour? <clears throat> oh, no, the tour, the tour was like a year-long total party. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> Pardon? Yeah, I just remember every night on the bus. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we were we were definitely partying. It was great. Yeah. How did you get along with some yeah. of these guys that were older than you? Even guy, I mean, there were probably bands that were opening up for you guys. That you know, you you know, they did, was anybody like have an attitude, or was everybody pretty cool? No, everyone was completely cool. Or and and I was also, I think, I was so naive that. I, I I probably wouldn't have noticed if if, if anyone wasn't anyway, um, you know, because I was just like a kid, you know, and like and I just enjoyed it all. And I remember we 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 toured with um, Ingve, which for me was crazy because I was oh, yeah. a huge Ingve fan. Yeah, me too. As a kid, you know, and I still am, of course, is incredible. And uh, you know, suddenly he's the support act, and I'm thinking, what, you know, what's going on? And right. I I, uh, I yeah, and I remember I walked past his dressing room and. And uh, he was there playing his guitar, and I just sort of went in. I was like, really sitting there, like you know, real politely, just watching, you know. And and he handed me the guitar, and I and I started shredding, and like, you know. <laughs> and he says, uh, yeah. And he said, uh, he says, you remind me of my friend John Norm, and uh, so that's that was that was nice to hear. And uh, but uh, and then we toured with um, um, Love Hate. Um, okay. And those guys, yeah, those guys are all great. And I still see um, um, Jizzy and Johnny Love around. Still see a lot of the people around. And uh, no, I think everyone was everyone was really really fine with me, you know. Hey guys, this podcast takes a lot of time and effort. I want to do more in depth projects on here, but I can't do it without your help. Just Google '80s Glam Metalcast on Anchor. Once there, hit the support button, and you can donate ninety nine cents, four ninety nine, or nine ninety nine a month. Your support will ensure that this podcast will be rocking out for years to come. Thanks for listening.
um, so you're talking about Ingve as one of your heroes. What are what are some of the bands that you grew up on, and some of the bands that you like? Because we're, you and I are about five years difference. I think I'm five years younger than you, so I'm just curious to see if we okay. have if we have some of the same, you know, like some of the same stuff. So who who are some of the bands you were into uh, growing up? Uh, let's see. Um, well, my first influence was Beatles because my parents had all the albums, mm-hmm. so I had all those albums. I loved them and. And then I think the first band that I ever bought an album was uh, was either Jimi Hendrix or The Police because I love both of those uh, and Status Quo. That was a, being being in England. That was a big thing growing up. Status Quo and then uh, ZZ Top and then Queen and then of course uh, then I got into more the metal with Anthrax and yeah. um, obviously Van Halen, David Lee Roth, um, <clears throat> Dio, Sabbath. Gary Moore, like Gary Moore, had a bit of, no, I had a Michael Schenker album. Um, there wasn't a lot of kids in my school that were <clears throat> that even really knew about metal because um, it wasn't very big, uh, you know. So I wasn't exposed to the amount that uh, a lot of people are growing up. But um, but those are some of the ones that they're my favourites. Yeah. What about the? Um, did you get into the hair metal scene at all, like Motley Crue and Rat and the LA stuff? Um, Rat, yes, only because of um, the guitar playing, Rat and Dockin, because, you know, I, yeah. I read, um, yeah, the guitar player magazines, guitar, uh, guitarist, and, and of course, George Lynch and uh, Warren being, uh, you know, so big at that time. That's how I was exposed to those groups. And, of course, I knew of Motley Crue, um, though I didn't uh, have an album or anything of Crue. What's your favorite Ingve album? Oh. Well, I had I had Marching Out and I had um, Rising Force, I think. Oh no, I had Odyssey as well. Yeah. So yeah, they were all great. Yeah. Yeah, all, those first few that he did. I mean, Trilogy, Odyssey, Marching Out. I mean, they're, they're just amazing. Such such amazing albums. Oh, tr- actually, that's Trilogy. That was the first one I had. I remember I bought it. Um, I went I went uh, Christmas shopping with my girlfriend and. She says, what do you want for Christmas? And I said, I want this album by Ingvar Malmsteen. She goes, who? <laughs> <laughs> she says, she looks at the cover and she goes, are you sure you want this? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, and I actually, I, I do the Rock Vault here in town, or have been doing it, the, uh, the Las Vegas show, the Rock Vault, rating the Rock Vault. And Mark Bowles is, um, actually he's not any longer, but um, uh, he was in the show for many years and I would always, talk to him about how much I loved that album and he would say uh, you know to tell me the stories of recording it and how he was like really pissed off recording uh, what was that first song you don't remember I'll never forget yeah and he was like oh I was so pissed off when I did that recording oh, I was so mad at the engineer I was really pissed off singing it so it was cool <laughs> for me to hear those stories of uh, you know from Mark that's a great record Oh yeah, definitely. So with Dio, you get to like '91, and it sounded like there was another album that was going to happen, right? With you on it. Well, no. It, what it was is um, <clears throat> he had been asked, I think, to go back to Sabbath, and he didn't know whether he should continue Dio or go back to Sabbath. So I think from about the middle of the tour until he eventually did join Sabbath, decide to do it. He he was sort of you know, toying with the idea in his head and trying to make up his mind, whatever. And when we got back off the tour, because, well, because Giza came out, Giza Butler came out <clears throat> to Minneapolis and we actually, he actually came on stage. And um, so that was amazing mm-hmm. to play with Ronnie and Giza on stage. Oh That's a, yeah. something I really treasure. You know, there's a YouTube of it and everything. And uh, yeah, so when we got back to LA, 
he had me over to his house like twice, I think, to, to and we messed around with a couple of riffs, and um, yeah, he made the decision to go back to Sabbath. You like that album, De- <laughs> De- was, Dehumanizer? <laughs> oh, the Dehumanizer? Yeah, Dehumanizer. Yeah, it's killer. It's awesome. Yeah, it is. I, I love that yeah. one too. I honestly think for me, I know a lot of people love the early Dio stuff. I mean, I do too, but I really like where he was going. Toward the '90s, you know, the end of the or the end of the '80s, end of the '90s. I love uh, "Lock Up the Wolves." I love "Dehumanizer." I love uh, "Strange Highways." I kind of like some of that that era of his. He was kind of getting heavier, you know, uh, bringing back some of that heavy stuff. I, I liked it. Cool, yeah, right on, right on, yeah, yeah. I remember he had expressed a, a couple of times that, well, uh, you know, I guess he, I guess he was definitely thinking about those more sort of um you know darker sounds and yeah. stuff at that time yeah so for you you know you're you're, you're kind of the band when the album comes out it's 1990 and we all kind of know by like 1991 1992 grunge comes out were, were you kind of devastated when the when the styles were changing because here it is you're kind of here you are you're right into the scene you know and, and you're looking like man this is this is going to really go for a while and then all of a sudden there's all these changes what was going through your mind at that point well i didn't really um i don't think the change well i think what what did affect me about the change was um, how it was quite as soon as as soon as the music industry changed as as it, well as soon as it changed I think people were quite prejudiced against it you yeah. know what I mean it was yeah. like oh you you play solos oh god how uncool <laughs> so I think it was yeah that I suppose that aspect of it was 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 um, not very nice but other than that I, I obviously. It was uh, difficult for everyone, yeah, I think, to some degree. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially for fans, too, because it's like you're seeing, you know, you're seeing all your favorite bands getting dropped from their labels, and MTV's not playing your favorite bands anymore. I know as a fan, it it was difficult, and because, uh, and, and I think talking to you, I kind of feel like this is you, you know, like, I always felt like I was kind of like an older soul, you know what I mean? Like, I was ahead of my time, I got into music really early, yeah. so you, you sound like that, I mean, if, if you're a teen, teenager and you're listening to Hendrix and uh, and Beatles, you know, you're more of an old soul, and that's probably why you were able to, you know, connect with these guys who were a lot older than you, um, I feel like sometimes that was how I was, I got into mm. it really early, so mm. even though when Grunge came out, I was, I was graduating, actually, even before that, I was, I was like a junior in high school or something like that when grunge is coming out but i wasn't it wasn't my music though you know what i mean so or a lot of people could say oh when mm. i graduated you know i love nirvana and all that kind of stuff i can't say that you know what i mean i i, I was kind of resistant mm. to it you know what i mean i, I was longing yeah. for you know metal <laughs> so. yeah yeah i see yeah yeah mm. interesting yeah now with strange high so he gets Dio back but there's never talk about joining back up again what happened when when he left sabbath and got Dio going again um yeah, when when he did get Dio back together, he never he never asked me to do it. Um, there was one time I was going to fill in for Craig, but that never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one time, much much later, um, oh I suppose it would have been in about two thousand four or something. He I don't know if he was joking or not, but he said, "Oh, want to do my new record?" <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if he was joking, but uh, but no, he never. He never thought he never asked me back to Dio when he did, did the album with Tracy. Tracy, yeah, yeah, ninety three or ninety four yeah. or something like that is about when it came out. What, what do you right. th- what do you think right. of that album? What do you think of that album? Oh, really good. I mean, he's such a fantastic player. Yeah, I don't know it as well as, as some of it, but I've heard enough of it to know it's it's really good. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's heavy. You know, once again, it's, it, like I said, he's bringing out that darker sound and that heavier sound, which was, you know, once again, common for the time. You know what I mean? Because, it, you know, it's not the 80s. That's not the 80s anymore. You can't have the, the heavy, you know, loaded with keyboards and poppy type stuff. So you really had to get a little bit darker and a little bit more, uh, you know, heavier at that point. So, you know, I, I like that one a lot. Yeah. And I think, I think Ronnie always, always, um, I can't speak for him, but, but, but to, I, my understanding was he always wanted to do the heavy stuff. I mean, since mm. since he just since he found that sound with Rainbow, that was that was it for him. I kind of think any artist who's been around for a long time kind of has their finger on the pulse of what's going on. You know what I mean? So in the '80s, he was putting mm. out the right kind of music. You know, the '90s came and he you know he got heavier. He dabbled in some different sounds. Or, you know, he was around in the 70s and the 80s, so he, he had been around. So I think you've kind of got to evolve. Be yourself, but, you know, change a little bit with the times. Right. I, I see what you're saying. Absolutely, yeah. You also played with Oni Logan, right, from Lynch Mob. Yeah. What, what happened with that project? Um, well, that would have started in, I suppose, about 92, and it went, uh, maybe, no, actually, it was probably the year I came off tour with, with Dio. Uh, within about six months, we started writing and um so it would have been about 91 and i think we had the album recorded in um 93 so it was took quite a while but um yeah we ended up getting an album produced by dave jordan who was uh the huge producer at the time you know um allison chains and everything mm-hmm. and um yeah it was a really really diff- real departure for me because it was quite um spa- it was spacey and psychedelic but heavy yeah and sort of quite dreamy yeah so it was it was very different. I actually was checking it out. Um, I want to say maybe even last night. I like it. It almost has uh, a little bit of the cult kind of a vibe. I, I liked it a lot. Oh, cool! Thanks for saying. Yeah, he definitely um, definitely loved the cult. Uh, I know. I knew he loved that Sonic Temple album a lot. Yeah, that's and, a good um, one. Yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, it's certainly very different, and I like it. I, I'm you know really quite proud of it because it's it's very different i did a few albums uh under the name dc4 with the uh, duncan brothers and uh that's some pretty good stuff too man cool actually um jeff duncan has just managed to get another record deal uh within the last um actually within the last month or so so um we've been writing again he's been coming over here and bringing his riffs over and bouncing them off me and i've been sort of throwing in my my uh, my uh, input with arranging them and so there should be another record from dc4 by or maybe maybe after summer oh that's awesome yeah that's that's great stuff i've, I've been listening to that for years <laughs> cool yeah nice great yeah talk a little bit about rating because... rating the rock vault so i mean obviously like you said you got to play with mark bowles uh i'm sure you played with um robin mccauley and howard lease so you played with all these guys i mean what what, what was that experience like would you what have you learned from this experience um the experience was great all the way through and um as you say howard lease um hugh hugh mcdonald from um, bon jovi um robin um Blas, from Slaughter and mm-hmm. uh, Trans Siberian, um, Phil Susan, um, Paul Shortino, Michael T. Ross, and uh, uh, obviously I learned a lot from. I think I learned a lot from Howard Lease because he plays the guitar in a really like super graceful way, and he's real heavy, and he's just such an amazing player. So playing with him every night has, has definitely um, rubbed off on me, and uh, it's been good to be performing every night because we've been I was doing it for years so you know 
did it for about four years. So um, playing on stage five nights a week is uh, really good for your chops and um, confidence on stage and everything. And um, and Robin is just awesome. Robin's great, and we keep in contact a lot. And um, I mean, what a singer as well. You know, just such such a talent. I mean, Shortino and all those guys. I mean, they're just top players. Andrew Freeman, Mark. I mean, there's just so much talent in that show. It's really, really privileged to be a part of it. Is there anybody out there that you're just dying to play with or do an album with? Um, oh, there's so many great, great players out there. It would be wonderful to uh, to collaborate with. But I think my real buzz comes out of comes out of writing with a group, doing your own riffs and your own mm-hmm. stuff. That's yeah. where my real buzz comes in, you know. And it sounds like obviously you've got a lot of that going on between all the projects you've talked about. So, um, so yeah, be a lot I think coming out. I've really made made use of this this year of of um, you know not not being you know not not no gigs you know a lot of time at home and made use of it you know. Now, are you able to do the rating the rock vault right now or or no at a limited capacity or, or no? No, no. Okay. It's uh, um, the owner, um, Sir Harry. In England, he's gone to England, Harry Cowell. So Harry Cowell, he's mentioned about uh, bringing it back perhaps next year, I think he said. So uh, fingers crossed that, that it comes back. That would be great. Well, hey, Rowan, I really appreciate your time tonight. What do you want to say to your fans that have followed you all these years in closing? Oh, well, I just, you know, I just, I'm very thankful and um, really appreciate, really appreciate everyone who uh, looks out for me and um, supports. So, I, you know, thanks ever so much. That's really all I can say. Thanks so much. Have a good night. (laughs) Good night. See ya. Well, that was a great chat with Rowan. Plenty of more stuff is coming on the way, so make sure you subscribe. And remember, live streams every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Rock on!